Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. I need your help. A friend of mine has been in a relationship with the guy for almost a year and a half. And time after time, decision after decision that the boyfriend makes continues to cause chaos and destruction and turmoil in my friend's life and in their relationship. She continues to stick it out, but I'm wondering, and I need your help, what should she do? Should she cut the cord and leave the guy behind or continue to stick with him? Now that you've made your decision, let me tell you, my friend is the American people. The boyfriend is Joe Biden and his administration. So let me ask you, are you making that same decision? The Biden administration continues to refuse to accept responsibility for all of the things that they have caused or contributed to during his time in office. We are coming up now on almost a year and a half. A year and a half will be next month in July. And his administration has caused numerous problems, contributed to numerous problems for the American people, but they refuse to accept responsibility. Now, why is that? I think there could be two reasons behind it. One, as crazy as it sounds, is they actually believe that they're not responsible, which is scary, right? Like, I mean, so many things have happened. We're talking about the infant formula issue with the FDA. We're talking about supply chain issues going back to earlier this year. We're talking about the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. And you could say that led to Putin wanting to invade Ukraine in February. We're also talking about gas prices and inflation for the economy. Talking about the stock market and how the environment and and everything that has cultivated within our economy has kept the stock market stagnant for his full time in office. We are one quarter into the two quarters necessary to officially be in a recession. You can also talk about our southern border and what is going on there and what seems like the blatant purposeful attempt to just just flood our country with illegal immigrants whether that's for political reasons thinking that that's going to result in more votes or or what I'm not entirely sure plenty of, of theories out there on that one but again they refuse to accept responsibility and i just wonder is the If they don't think, let's say they don't think that they're actually making the right decision. Let's say deep down inside the Biden administration, inside the administrative state, which again is over 200 agencies. I did a whole episode about it. Let's say deep down they know that they could do better, that they need to admit that they're making bad choice, bad choice, and and ultimately responsible, right? The buck stops with him. The buck stops with his administration. So let's say that they they believe that they are responsible for at least one thing. 
why wouldn't they say it? Why wouldn't they say it? The closest they've gotten to, to admitting any kind of fault came from Janet Yellen last week about saying, oh, initially, you know, we thought we thought inflation was going to be transitory, but, you know, it's it's here to stay where the numbers are going to come out Friday this week on June 10th. And it's expected that those numbers could be above 8% again year over year, which would be the third month in a row and the sixth month in a row over 7%. I think they don't want to admit fault because they are severely, severely overestimating or underestimating the grace that would be extended from the American people. If there is one thing I have learned in this podcasting journey of mine, which just hit the year mark last month, and learning from other podcasts that I watch and learning from people I follow on Instagram and content creators and the like is that the best content is informative, but also the person that is on camera on screen is being real, right? Seems like a real individual. It's not just trying to be perfect the entire time. They're talking to you like a human being. They themselves are allowing themselves to be their own human being. But I don't think the Biden administration fully understands that. I think they believe that, you know, we can't, it would be absurd for us to admit fault. We can't, we can't do that. There's no way they would, they would drag us over the coals. The American people would drag us over the coals if we admitted, you know, hey, we completely, we completely got this wrong and we're going to do what we can to fix it. You know, we can't admit fault. That's a sign of weakness. Yeah, but strength can come from weakness. So again, I believe they are severely underestimating the amount of grace that would be extended from the American people. I mean, I myself would be like, hey, thanks for telling the truth, right? You know, thanks for being real. Show me now that you are actually actively working and doing the right steps to correct this issue and we're good, right? You know, I'll give you one. Give me a mulligan, right? I'll, I'll extend a mulligan to you if you... <laughs> If you would, in your administration, would just admit once that you made a bad decision or that a, in a decision you made has caused X, has caused Y, has caused, has caused Z. Like I mentioned, and this goes all the way back to, to last year with Afghanistan and the withdrawal in August. You know, that botched withdrawal. They couldn't admit. They could not admit fault for that. Instead, what they were saying is, oh, well, you know, we've never... There's never been an airlift like this before, evacuating everybody out of the country. We are amazing. This is record-breaking type airlift. Yeah, well, if you would have done it correctly, there wouldn't have had to be an airlift like that. I mean, we saw the images, right? We saw the Afghani people, some of them hanging on to the landing gear of those giant airplanes and falling down to their death. We saw women passing their babies over a fence to one of our troops, knowing that our troop would have to care for that child so that their baby could be safe and not have to endure the, the Taliban and everything that was taking over Afghanistan. The rushed the, leaving the embassy and having to get rid of all those documents, leaving our, our military, um, 
weaponry and everything, the vehicles and so on and so forth, it's estimated that we left billions of dollars of equipment over there. Billions of dollars of equipment. But yet all we heard was, you know, there's never been an airlift like this before. There's never been an evacuation like this before. The updates they would provide is, hey, we are giving, you know, we are averaging an airplane leaving the runway, the single runway, mind you, in Afghanistan. The single runway, not from our own Air Force base, not from our own base. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not from that one. But from the lone Afghan Air Force base, we're averaging like a flight every 12 minutes, right? You know, just kind of patting themselves on the back. Well, you don't get to create a disaster and then congratulate yourself for doing something within the disaster you created. That's like a hero complex. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, oh yes, I saved, I saved this, this dog from getting run over by this car. Yeah. Well, you also were the same person who put the dog in the middle of the road, right? I mean, you, you just don't get to do that. That, that isn't, you don't get credit for that. You don't get credit for trying to to do something good because you created the situation, the bad situation itself. And this this has continued ever since last year. Again, like he's coming up on eighteen months of this administration, and it just continues. Every month, every every two months or so, it seems like on average, there is some type of crisis that is going on that is a direct result. <clears throat> or there's at least some significant causation coming from the Biden administration in their decision-making, and they refuse to, to accept blame. I mean, the most, the most popular one right now is regarding inflation and gas prices. You know, inflation, it was supposed to be transitory going back to earlier this year, and then, you know, oh, it was you know, going to last just, just a little bit. You know, we're not, it's probably not going to go above 5%. Well, we've been above 7 now for, for six months. We are have one of the two quarters completed for a recession. But what, what do they talk about? Oh, you know, we have, a, we have a great economy. We have a fantastic economy. We've created so many jobs. No, no other president has ever created this many jobs, you know, in such a short amount of time. The job growth, fantastic. Employment down 4%, but inflation up 8.3% in May of 2022. They just talk about like the economy is so great when you and I both know <laughs> if you look at your bank account during the month and at the end of each month and you're, you know, trying to balance it and make up your budget for the next month that, hey, your money is not going as far. Talk about, oh, wage growth. Yes, wage growth. We have we have increased wage growth in this country. Yeah, but the wage growth isn't 8%. So it's getting wiped out by the inflation that that you have caused because of the $1.9 trillion that you threw into the economy at the start of, of your presidency with that American rescue plan. And if it wasn't for Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema blocking the five extra million dollars, five extra trillion, sorry, trillion with a T, the $5 trillion package that you wanted to, to pass, inflation could be 15% if that would have gotten through. But all they want to talk about is, is jobs and, and I think I, I've, show, I've shared it on my Instagram. I've shared it on my Instagram. I don't think I've shared it here in an actual, an actual video, but you can see every so often on Twitter from either the White House official account or from the POTUS account on Twitter and on Instagram, they'll post, they'll post a graphic, right? An infographic comparing, you know, 
wage growth or job creation and what have you across the last four or five presidents. So, you know, going all the way back, all the way back to either Clinton or, or Herbert Walker Bush. And then it's like, you know, a little like one here, one here, one here, one here, and then Biden It's like, yeah, but you're leaving out all the context that these jobs that you've created are just replacing, just backfilling the jobs that were there in 2019 before the start of the pandemic, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, it's just laughable. And then when, when they had the disinformation board ramping up to start, I kept, you know, retweeting and be like, Hey, uh, disinformation board, you know, can we get someone on this, please? You know, flagging this right here. Hey, like this is, this is some misinformation, please. You know, this is, this is not accurate. The context is missing. Like, can I, can I provide that context that Nina Jankowitz thought talked so much about, you know, just, just hilarious, just stuff like that. Hilarious stuff like that. But they never accept responsibility. Infant formula seemed like, oh man, this is just the fault of Abbott and, you know, the salmonella and, you know, not getting their, their plant back up to, to the approval level necessary from the FDA. Well, we had some hearings go on and we learned, well, you know, the FDA was dragging their feet. And then Biden said a week or two ago, you know, Hey, he didn't, he didn't know about this infant formula issue until, until about two months ago. When you go back and look at the timeline, however, the FDA was notified, I believe in October of last year. You know, so he was notified two months ago in maybe early April, late March. So he had three, four months, his FDA did, before any of this came about. Flat on their feet. But, you know, no fault, no fault admitted. No responsibility accepted. Talk about supply chain. That was huge, especially on the West Coast. We have... It's reported that we have just one port, one port that is open 24 hours per day. One port, 24 hours per day. Do you, and we have 330, 330 to 35 million people in this country. You know how many products and goods that we have imported into this country? And we have one port, one port that is open 24-7 to offload these huge container ships that have thousands upon thousands of containers on them. Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary, <clears throat> caught snoozing, but you know he took two months off for paternity leave for their adopted child. Caught flat-footed, you know, no mention of hey maybe maybe hear me out. Everyone talks about oh unions, which Biden is is huge on unions. The Democratic Democrat Party is huge on unions, but how about how about creating the environment in 2021 with your um, vaccine mandate for for private companies with 100 employees or more, causing people to either quit their jobs or hiring freezes maybe put on or people being laid off so the companies didn't have to maybe abide by the 100 employee rule. Maybe they would cap their employment at 99 or 95 employees. What about what about those people in this in the strict um, regulations and everything put on and requirements from either OSHA or the CDC or the FDA that maybe limited caused less people to be employed in these ports 
and these transportation systems, truckers and the like. What about what about that environment that you you cultivated with your with your mandate? What about that? What about no responsibility? Oh no, no, no. No, this is this is all related, they said, to to other countries and in the imports that we have coming from from other countries that had nothing to do with that environment that we created, nothing to do with the regulations that the administrative state of the Biden administration created, nothing like that. We, no part in it. No part in it. It's it's someone else's fault. We're we're passing the buck, the Biden buck. We're just gonna pass it off overseas, you know, or over to Europe, to China, to to wherever, Southeast Asia, wherever we're getting our these imports from. That's it's it's their fault, you know. It's it's COVID's fault, not our fault. We didn't play any part in it. Five percent, ten, twenty, fifty percent. You know, nothing like that. We again, it's not us. Again, it's not us. That's that's the party line. It's it's not our fault. It's their fault, or it's their fault. Not not our fault. We would never make a poor decision that's never never we would we would never do that never do that and gas prices we've seen the evolution <laughs> we've seen the evolution with gas prices i mean good grief we just we just hit the mark last week that gas prices have doubled during biden's time as president it's it's ridiculous and we've heard the excuses evolve we've seen them evolve so we've gone from, oh, you know, it's just it's it's related to to COVID nineteen and and you know not enough workers on the line in the refineries and, and pumping the oil from from the public lands, you know, it's that's the reason why it's it's because of COVID, you know, and then it evolved to okay, well, you know, maybe it's not just maybe it's not just because of COVID, it's because. It's because the the oil companies then that they just want all these all this money you know look at their profits they're setting record profits during this time oh it's it's the supply and demand we've heard it's the supply and demand now that people are getting back to work and businesses are fully opening you know we just don't have the supply to to meet the demand and you know it's just pushing the prices up up to the right and then now in February it switched to the Putin price hike the administration and the liberal media were trying to make that a thing. <clears throat> Hashtag Putin price hike. Putin price hike. You've probably seen a clip. Maybe you've seen a clip on the news where it's just like this this montage of everyone within the Biden administration saying Putin price hike, Putin price hike, Putin price hike. Well, Russia accounts for 8% of our oil. Maybe at some point, maybe some tiny component was you know people getting back to work. But again, it goes back to the regulations and other policies that were put in place during COVID by your CDC and recommended by the CDC and your administration, your FDA, the administrative state. It also could be contributing factor. could be the fact that your first day in office, you cut the Keystone pipeline. And then ever since that day, you and your energy secretary, Granholm, have been um, decreasing the, the leases available and making it more difficult to start to start drilling for oil and making the oil companies and the refinery companies, you know, not want to put these billions of dollars of investments that it takes years of investments through the capital and everything that has to be put forth to drill because they don't trust the fact that, that 
the Biden administration is going to actually, you know, they're, they're, they're not giving them any good faith to say, Hey, you know, you should pump more oil because, you know, we're not, we're not going to do anything. You know, it's not like we're pushing this very, uh, green energy that we want to get to, you know, you, you know, fossil fuels be damned. I mean, these said these things. So what kind of, what kind of trust does, do these oil companies have to say, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to build a, a $3 billion offshore oil platform or, Hey, we're going to invest $3 billion, $5 billion of capital to, to drill on these lands and everything that we, the, we have these leases for. Oh, and, and the red tape, oh, red tape. Don't forget about that when it comes to all the, the regulations and the leases and, and the like, the permits. The Biden administration is making it very difficult not only to get to the point to drill, to increase production, but also not giving any type of, of good faith to these oil companies, to the gas companies saying, Hey, yeah, you know, we, we want our energy policy supports fossil fuels. They're, they're not saying that. So why would a company put forth billions of dollars, make an investment like that? If they can't trust that what they're doing is going to be, be supported by the administration. And I hear this all the time. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been in numerous arguments on TikTok and, and what have you with people who try to come back with all these reasons why gas is so high. Oh, it's high everywhere. You know, it's high, not only just in the United States, but it's high in Europe and all of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Well, have you noticed? And, and they don't, they never do, but, but you can go to the websites, to the government websites and look up how much oil is produced month by month for like the last 50, 60, 70 years. So you can go and you can say, okay, pre-pandemic 2019, follow your finger along, follow it along. All right. You know, we're turning the corner 2020. Let's go through February as like the first full month, maybe March, 2020 first full month. And you know what it says? Going back to March and then actually April of 2020. From April of 2020. And that's when the shutdowns really were spread across the board. The amount of oil produced has not exceeded the amount produced in April of 2020. There has not been a month April 2020, so we're talking now 25, 26 full months. There has not been a single month of those 24, 25 months where the oil production exceeded the April 2020 amount. But but I thought the Biden administration was was you know doing everything they can to increase oil production. Everything they can to increase oil production. Well, of those 24 months, Biden's been in office for about 20, I mean, 17 of them, you know, well over half, about two thirds of the time. Why hasn't the oil production increased? Uh, key this excuse, uh, key this excuse, Putin price hike, supply and demand, greedy oil companies, big oil, you know, pandemic, People finally get back to work or not working. Same with like the supply chain arguments. Well, again, it could be a small component of that stuff. Russian oil was 
but we've seen the prices go up double. <laughs> we've seen actions taken by the administration with regulations and all this other stuff to to make the price of oil and gas go up. But they will never admit it. They will never admit it. And in one of my previous episodes, not not last week's, but I believe two episodes ago, I talked about like how the Biden administration and the Democrat Party wants to fundamentally change America. This green energy pulled by the led by the progressive left is a real thing. Like that that is part of their platform. They want to move to to green energy, to electric cars, to wind energy, to solar, to nuclear, to hydro, electric, and all of these things. But they're trying to get there as quickly as possible with when they actually need to be ramping down if they're if they're going to do that. Like you can't just flip a switch and expect all of <laughs> the United States to just go up fossil fuels to electric, boom. Like you can't do that. You can't do that. That would be that would be a disaster. And we've seen like that's that's not how it works. Just produce the oil that we need. Produce the oil that we need. And then if you're so big and really want to implement this green energy and make that transition for the country, you can simultaneously do that. But you can't just say, hey, we're we're cutting off fossil fuels and you and all the and the hundreds of millions of American people who have cars need to just just need to just go find an electric one. Like that's not how you do that. But they will never admit fault. They will never take responsibility. Even the southern borders, like oh, the southern border. You know, we're not, we didn't make any kind of changes when we came into office. We didn't end the Remain in Mexico policy. Oh, we did. Well, the Remain in Mexico policy wouldn't compel tens of thousands of people to come across our border each day to attempt to come across our border. Oh, none of that leads to the 200 plus thousand encounters that we are averaging now per month. In 2021, there were 2.1 million encounters, which does not include the, the gotaways, which means the people that border patrol did, did not interact with, did not come into contact with that are within our country. You know, it's, it's never their fault. And then, when one thing happens that they can use for political, like with the these um, border patrol agent and his horse in the reins and saying like, oh, there's whipping a migrant. I believe it was when the Haitian migrants, they did an investigation. Took six months, found out, oh, the border patrol guy was just doing his job and he was not actually whipping the migrant. What he was doing was he was using it as a, a way to control his horse. But then the Biden administration and, and Mayorkas wants to stand up there and say, yeah, we said, we support our agents. Are you sure? If I first, I don't think I would be have stuck it out this long if I was a border patrol agent. But I mean, they just are treated like dirt. They are treated like dirt. I would, I would say they are treated as bad, if not worse, than our local police forces. Like I mean, they basically have. Uh, clerical jobs because they have to in so many encounters that they can't be out there and actually patrol our border sitting here doing paperwork and shoving people into these makeshift retention areas and, and what have you to to stay until they're released into our interior 
you know, but, but nothing, the Biden administration has caused any of this. No, no, no. And in 2022, we're talking about averaging 200 to 300,000 encounters per month could jump our, the estimated encounters for 2022 up to like three and a half million, three and a half million. But there's no fault because they want it. It's purposeful. So the Biden administration, when they can, they don't want to admit fault because there are certain things they believe that they're not in the wrong, like, like the southern border, like gas. They want to move to green energy. And then when they could admit fault and receive grace from the American people, they're afraid to. We are very forgiving people. If, you, if you've seen our history, we are very forgiving, not only of um, presidents, but of individuals, like just in, in your daily life, you know, what have you. We can be forgiving, but we have to see the sincerity. When you say, oh, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to bring down oil prices and all you're doing is releasing a few million barrels of oil, which lasts for about eight days and would bring down maybe the price of oil about 10 cents. That's laughable. That's not sincere. The American people see that they can do the math. They can drive down the road and look and say, Hey, you know, price of gas continues to go up. Price of gas has doubled. It's now 475 here in Orlando. National average is right at about five at the time of this recording. June 8th. So the American people will see through this and any forgiveness that could be given, any, any grace that could be given, they're not, is not going to be given if, if you are not sincere. If you're just going to say, hey, we are wrong and, and pander, you're going to get found out. I mean, don't, don't try to placate the American people and, and not be sincere then you're definitely not going to get any grace extended to you for, for future failures, future, future problems that you create or contribute to. So most of these things or a good chunk of all the issues that the Biden administration has created or had their hand in is on purpose. Like I've said in a previous episode, and then on the others, it's they either just got it wrong and they're incompetent, made a mistake, but they refuse to ask for forgiveness. And again, I believe that's two reasons. They they either don't think they're wrong and or if they wanted to ask for forgiveness, they underestimate the amount of grace that would be given from us, the American people. Speaking for myself, and I say I want to speak for you if you are watching this or listening, that we want what is best for our country. And we know that if something is going wrong, in our country, that we are willing to do whatever needs to happen, no matter how far down the road we've gone, to bring us back as a country and fix the problem, to rectify the problem. But we don't have an administration that is sincere about that. So the best we can do is, you know, go go the litigation route using the courts and then using our democracy and voting people out that are in charge. But we are limited on the federal level because Biden and his administration appoint the people. So only they can be removed. 
we can't do a recall like we're seeing in some of these state elections, like in California. You know, we can't we can't recall the different secretaries that are that are part of the cabinet. We we can't do that. Biden could fire them, but that's not going to happen. They're on the same team. And again, well, I don't really think he's aware too fully of of what's going on, but they're not going to get fired. No way. Because again, some of this is a lot of this is purposeful. And they believe they're right as as messed up as that is. So you and I, the American people, what we need to be doing is we need to, again, vote these people out when we can. November needs to be a huge red wave. And then we need to also hold hold the administration accountable through litigation route, whether that's city governments, state governments. You know, I'm from Florida. I've seen DeSantis do this numerous times. Texas has done a lot. Other red states have done a lot. They've they've come together and, and brought lawsuits and everything else, you know, going through the whole judicial system. But that's one of the tools that we have to fight back to, again, conserve our country, to preserve our country, to bring our country back from the edge of that cliff that I continue to talk about. And this... This administration, it doesn't seem like in the next two years, two and a half years, man, that is that is painful to say that we have to sit through this for that long. But at least, at least winning in November, we can log jam and make him a lame duck president. But between now and then, and even when that occurs, and I do believe it's going to occur, we, the American people, need to be holding ourselves and our team, our party accountable as well to make sure that they are acting on our behalf and that they are not being tainted by the swamp, tainted by Washington. Our country is not too far gone. This administration is too far gone. But our country, we the people, we are not too far gone. So take a look around you if you have not already and look at your life from the time Joe Biden took office and ask yourself, would you still keep him around? Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube. And engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.